0: Villas Grace Church. Building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know him, to grow in him, to go with him. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, thank you that we could be here this morning to hear your truth. And Lord, we just pray that your truth goes forward and our hearts and minds are open to receive it. In Jesus' name we pray amen many of us are familiar with credit card theft or fraudulent credit card transactions if that hasn't happened to you you've heard a great story about it I'm sure Um, credit card scams is costing people over six billion dollars a year think about that it's costing people over six billion dollars a year some of them are kind of silly, you know. it's like some, someone from a foreign country sends you an email and they're like, if you give me all of your information, I'll give you $10 million. Like, those are kind of easy to pick out, right? But some of them, they, they're ironclad. They're, they're so good at what they do, they spend so much time acquiring information and really seeming like the, 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 the true thing, it's hard. I was involved at the paint store with uh, two transactions. Actually, there was a gentleman that ordered two uh, paint sprayers, and these aren't just like your little Home Depot ones. These are ones that cost thousands of dollars. And people all the time will call our store. Hey, do you have this product? Do you have this part? Do you have this machine? They'll pay for it over the phone, and we send it to them. We really thought we did our due diligence. This guy, uh, you know, gave me his email to uh, send him some estimates. We even kind of went back and forth about who's going to pay for the shipping. Bless you. This guy was good. He had all the right information. He set up a dummy company that actually he was probably borrowing from a company in Miami because we knew it existed. He had all the billing address information and the the people's name of the credit card he was using or who he was pretending to be. He had the little three-digit code on the back of this credit card. He really seemed like the real deal. He ended up costing us over $10,000. We were out the price of the machines that we bought to sell Plus, and I didn't know that, the merchant is also responsible for the false transaction. So it ended up costing us way more than we ever even could imagine. This guy really, really seemed like the real deal. But I I took this, and you know what? It really just reminded me, and it really looked like the way that Peter describes these false teachers... In, in these chunk of verses that we're gonna go over. They seem really helpful. They seem like they have all the right answers. They, they seem like they're the real deal. They'll even use Jesus' name many, many, many times, and, and they'll promote this Jesus. But it's more of this Jesus for life enhancement. They'll offer a life free from despair, a uh, uh, free from struggles a uh, uh, free free from pain free from all the things that if you think about it free from the effects of sin in our lives but what they really are are wolves in sheep's clothing that will cost us cost people who follow them way more than they ever thought possible This freedom from from sin is false. And that's why the title of today's sermon is Fraudulent Freedom. We'll be in 2 Peter 2, 17-22. Fraudulent Freedom. These these false teachers, they're selling something they don't own. They're selling something that is impossible for them to give us. Listen, if someone is claiming to speak for Jesus and their promises do not line up with what's in God's word, they're a fraud. Their freedom they offer is useless. And it's also costly. Let's look into God's word this morning. We'll be, like I said, we'll be in 2 Peter 2, 17 through 22. Let's read through these verses to find out why this is true. These are waterless springs and mists driven by a storm. For the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. For speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. For if, after they escape the defilements of the world, through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the last state has become worse off than the first. For it would have been better for them to never known the way of righteousness then after knowing it, turned back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. Like a dog that returns to its own vomit and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. If we take those six verses and we condense them down into one main idea, we get this. False teachers... Know the truth and have rejected it. They twist the truth to manipulate those who are desperate for it. Now let me explain what I mean there. These false teachers, they have all the right information. It's all there. They acquire it. They, they know what the right thing sounds like. But they themselves have they've rejected this truth. They have rejected this true offer of salvation. But... They know this information, so they twist it. They twist this truth so that they can manipulate those who are desperate and in need for the truth. They know people are desperate, and they use it against them so they themselves can benefit. Let's look at the, into these verses and break these down. Going to verse 17. I love how Peter comes right in. You know, Peter never pulled punches. Not in anything that he ever did. I love how he just comes, he comes in swinging. He says this, these false teachers, these are waterless springs and mist driven by a storm. For them, the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. Right off the bat, he calls them waterless springs. Now think about the audience that he's speaking to. These people are used to traveling probably across large uh, portions of desert. Water's kind of an important thing, right? So think about that. You're, you're traveling with a group of people. You guys are almost literally dying of thirst. And you're like, you know what? I remember a few miles over there, over that hill, there's a spring. A life-giving, water-filled Spring. So you get people to go with you, you get over that hill, and you get there, and it's dry. It's a dried up spring. What you thought was going to be your salvation is now almost more of a death sentence. There's nothing there good for you. The promise for something good has now turned into something evil. It's waterless. Then he goes into mists mist driven by a storm. Imagine you're a farmer. Your crops, your livelihood are all dying. There is no water. But yet you see these dark clouds forming in the distance. You're immediately excited. Yes, salvation is on the way. You even start to feel the mist driven by this storm. You're so excited. Your, your crops are going to be watered. But the storm slips by you, and all you get is that little bit of a mist. What you thought again was going to be your salvation, what you were convinced of, is completely useless to you, and you're no better off than you were before. What does this look like today? See, we have false teachers either teaching things that are gospel light not the full gospel, they're not the true gospel, or something which is even worse called the prosperity gospel. You may have heard teachers teach this, this false teachers that promise you, if you just believe enough, God will give you all of your heart's desires. He will make you healthy. He will make you wealthy if you just believe enough. You know, I wonder what the persecuted church would think if they heard a sermon like that. If they heard a guy that says something like, Hey, I know that because you believe in Christ, you were thrown in jail, you lost your job, And you don't know where your family is, maybe you're just not believing enough. Did you know that today there are more persecuted Christians than ever in the history of humankind? We sometimes think back to the the times right after Jesus when the church started. About these times in the Colosseums where Christians were tortured and they were fed to lions, and and we look back at that and we're like, wow, you know, that is amazing. You know, and it was. They were martyred only because of what they believe, but that happens times a thousand today. If you go on a site like uh, Way of the uh, Martyr, Voice of the Martyrs. I'm thinking, Way of the Master? Voice of the Martyrs. Voice of the Martyrs. You will see in all these different countries where these Christians are being persecuted today only because they profess to know Christ as their Savior. I wonder why they just don't have enough faith as these these people. I would say they have much more faith than I do. But this, this prosperity gospel, it's, more, it's much, much more destructive because what it does is it draws people in to put their faith and trust in these false ideas, and then these false ideas let them down. So therefore, these people think that God let them down. So right away, they're like, you know what? All of Christianity, all of the church, it's a fraud. Think about that. If someone this morning invited you here and said, if you come and sit in here, your life's going to be incredible. You're going to get things beyond your wildest dreams. But then through the week, you deal with the same struggles. You deal with the same pain. You deal with the same stuff. You're going to think, that place is a joke, it's a fraud. It ends up costing those who believe dearly in the end. It's much like those credit card scammers, right? If I was here selling you that this morning, I would tell you about this Jesus that just wants you to be happy. He wants you to be healthy. He wants you to be wealthy. But I don't really care about you. I wouldn't care about helping you. Because when I want, what I want is I want you to feel good. When you leave here, I just want you to feel good about what you heard. You know why? So you come back. It seems like the only ones that actually prosper from this prosperity gospel are the ones pushing it. Until they meet God. Look what it says at the end of that verse. For them, the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. Do you think God's happy about this? Listen, God sent his son to die on a cross to pay for our sins so that we could be saved. They twist this message and they turn people away from the very truth that can actually save them. It brings us to our first point. False teachers offer a counterfeit Jesus whom has no power to heal or save. Think about that. They're pushing this false Jesus who's, who's a counterfeit. But in the end, just like an idol crafted by hands, you know, the Bible warns about worshiping idols. This is no different. This is crafted by man. A counterfeit Jesus who, in the end, has no real power to heal or save. It's kind of like that magic genie in the lamp. You just rub it, and they appear. And they just give you whatever you want. As we continue in verses 18 and 19. These false teachers offer a freedom, from, a freedom to sin. Look at what he says here. He says, speaking, For speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice by sensual passions of the flesh. Those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves to corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that person, to that he is enslaved. Speaking loud voice of folly. These teachers, one of the ways that you can pick them out, they're very aggressive and they find very creative ways to dispel the truths that we already know they will try to sound like highly intellectual, because what they're saying has no divine backing, so they have to try to make up for it. They'll say, you know, we have new information now. We have a new way to interpret Scripture. You know, forget about thousands of years of solid theology and all the, the, the men that went into deciphering this. Forget all of that. We have a new way of, of deciphering God's Word. Some will even go as far to say and boast that they have special revelation from God. Let me, let me tell you this. If Pastor Matt or Pastor I or, or Pastor Israel or Pastor I, that was funny, me, or Pastor Steve ever stand up to you and say, Listen, I know what God's Word says, but God gave me this. He gave me this special thing to tell you today. Get up and walk out. Because whatever we say is not going to be the truth. Especially from Pastor I. That was pretty funny. <laughs> so certain things that, that have been called sin out in the, in the past, they, they, they kind of try to like validate it. Like something that's been called out as sin, they're like, no, that's not really sin. Or, or even they'll, they'll take something that's scripture meant in, in one context and they'll say you know what that's a blessing for you if you just look at this verse and you believe in it this is this is a special blessing for you they're false teachers and they must appeal to the flesh and to the passions that we have think about that Preaching God's word is not always fun. Sometimes we have to stand up here and we have to say hard things. We have to teach things that are hard pills to swallow. But let me ask you this, church. Did Jesus suffer and die on the cross for your pleasure? Is that why he was nailed to the cross and suffered that so that you could be comforted and for your pleasure? Now, again, this is where it gets tricky. We have this awesome creator God who made himself flesh, came down, lived a perfect life, and died for us on a cross so that we could know him. He is our loving father. But you have to get that first part before you get the second part. So who does this... Affect the most? Well, the, the normal, average, everyday person who is hurting and suffering. There's a lot of hurting and suffering in this world. Amen? So people are in great need of something to help them, right? Look what it says in verse 18, though. It says, those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. Well, What does that mean? It means this. This is not really a saved person this is somebody in the world that is so beaten down by the sin around them they're looking for any comfort anywhere so they end up in a church or they end up seeking out religion they look for this god of comfort but not this life saving life transformation salvation from the true God this is the great lie what they need is a gospel that speaks about things like sin and repentance and forgiveness but instead they're sold this band-aid God that just wants to stop the bleeding for a second this God that's just more concerned with your temporary happiness than he is about your eternal salvation i mean think about that who wouldn't want to sign up for that who wouldn't want this magic genie and a lamp god i mean you're not accountable to anything you could just do what you want you can live any way you want and when things get hard you just pull out this lamp and you rub it and a magic genie comes out and gives you anything that you want But here's the problem, church. Then bad things happen. Struggles happen in your life. And all of a sudden, this magical genie, God, is seen as a fraud. He's not real. He has no power to heal. He has no power to save. He sounds great, but he does not exist. And like I said before, that's why so many people are walking away from the church today. They're being sold this God that doesn't exist. They see it as a fraud, and they're right. Look what it says in verse 19. You know why? These false teachers, they promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves to corruption. These false teachers are trying to sell you something that they themselves don't even have. It would be like if you were in jail and your cellmate is trying to convince you that you should be as free as they are. It's really just like that. Listen, make no mistake, when it comes to sin... And it comes to things that control our lives. As you see, it says, For whatever overcomes a person, to he that is enslaved. You, your Lord, or your Master, will either be Jesus, or the sin that's controlling your life. Period. There's some people, and they're like, nothing controls me. I'm my own man. I'm my own person. There's nothing that controls me. But yet, There's certain sins in their life that they just can't seem to control and it consumes them. Think about drugs and alcohol, sexual sin, bitterness, anger, anxiety. These things run rampant in people's lives and they're like, oh, nothing controls me. They don't even know that they're puppets to these things. Your master will either be Jesus or that sin that controls your life it brings us to our second point false teachers prey on those who are weary from this sin-filled world but they cannot offer true freedom only more slavery to sin it's a mouthful it's a lot But think about it. These false teachers, they prey on those people who they know are desperate because they're weary from this this sin-filled world. It's hard to live in this sin-filled world. But they can't offer true freedom. The only thing they can offer is this band-aid God that only leads them to more slavery to sin because he has no power to heal and no power to save. It reminds us of our main point False teachers know the truth and they themselves have rejected it. They twist this truth to manipulate those who are in desperate need of it. This is a very, very, very evil thing that's going on. And Peter ends this block of verses with the byproduct of this. This is is what's coming out of this. Let's look at verses 20 through 22. It says this. For if, after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them to never have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it, turn back from the holy commandment, delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. See, he's talking about those who have heard the truth. They use parts they like, but they reject God's authority. So they're actually worse off than they were than when they heard the truth for the first time let's let's get into this and explain this let's look at that they escape the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ okay they're not saved this is very important because there's a portion of, of those out there that will try to convince people that you have to get saved and then keep getting saved and and try to stay saved this is not what this means They're escaping the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They heard the truth. They didn't fully accept it. They just took parts that they liked and seemed to benefit from at the time. It's kind of using the good teachings of Christ as life enhancement. Does that make sense? Like you're taking the good things of the Bible... And the things that where Jesus said, listen, you shouldn't do this, or you should do this, and they're taking those teachings and they're using it as a life enhancement. And you know, for a time, that will probably be beneficial in your life. Here's the thing, though. They then reject Christ as their Lord and their Savior in the end. They want to escape the struggles of this world, but don't want to trust and obey an almighty God. What it is, is their pride or their love for sin is what keeps them from being saved. It's heartbreaking when we read that in verse 21. It would, be, it would have been better for them to never to have known the way of righteousness how is that possible how could that be true that it would be better for them if they would have never even heard the gospel here's something and 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 you might feel like this is a little over the top but it's true and I'm just gonna say it because it's true a drug-addicted prostitute that's living out on the street has a much better chance of truly being saved than someone sitting here today believing they're saved and they're not. Someone that has heard the Gospel and they've heard the truth again and again and again, but they just take the parts that they like. They just want to escape the struggles. They just want to go to a place called heaven. But Jesus Christ is not their Lord and Savior someone that's living that lifestyle like that drug-addicted prostitute has a much better chance of being saved than someone that has fooled themselves into believing that they are saved. That is why Peter can say it would have been better for them to never to have known the way of righteousness because they have become dull to the truth now And their hearts are hardened. They think they know the truth, but they don't. So these people will not have victory over sin. And they will eventually return to it. As Peter says, the dog returns to its own vomit. The sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. Because a counterfeit Jesus cannot save and cannot heal. One commentator put it this way They have tasted what it is like to follow Jesus, and they have reaped some benefit of clean living, but have rejected Christ's offer of salvation and have returned to the filth. These are religious people, but they never had true faith in Christ. Church, are you religious? Or do you know Jesus as your Christ, as your Lord and Savior? Are you just following a religion, or are you truly following Christ? Have you become a new creation that has been given a new heart and a new mind that wants to please God? Or are you just practicing this life enhancement? Brings us to our third point. False teachings not only lead people back into sin, but dulls their senses to the truth of the gospel. These false teachings not only trick people and lead them back into the very sin that God might be trying to deliver them from, but not only that, it begins to dull their senses to the actual truth of the gospel. See, when your sin and your pleasure is your focus, It gets harder and harder to hear the Holy Spirit. It gets harder and harder to hear the urging and the nudging of that small voice from God when He's trying to reveal truth to the individual. As we get ready to close, invite Sarah and Mike. Actually, just Mike up. I just want to remind us this morning of the truth that we learned. First, we learned that false teachers offer a counterfeit Jesus who has no power to heal or save. These teachers are snake oil salesmen. And if you're old enough, you get that. These counterfeit Jesus will ask nothing from you, but they'll fix all of your problems. They're like that amazing diet wonder pill. that You don't have to do anything. You just pop it and boom, magical things happen listen that's not the truth of the Bible Jesus says you seek the kingdom first and all these things will be added to you our focus is not life enhancement our focus is to seek the kingdom can Jesus heal and save can Jesus heal and save yes. awesome I believe that is true but how and when he does it is his business He's not our magic genie. We can rest in the fact that he's our savior, and he can and and will help us through hard times. He can do amazing things. But listen y'all, worst case scenario, I get to go spend eternity with him today. That's my worst case scenario. Then we learn false teachers prey on those who are weary from this sin-filled world but they cannot offer true freedom, only more slavery to sin. This they offer this life enhancement. False teachers know their marks well. They see people suffering and they know how to take advantage of it. Like again, like that, that credit card guy. They, they see this opening where they can take the information and the truth and they could use it to trick people into getting what they want. Jesus can do amazing things in people's lives. I have seen both physical and spiritual healings with my own eyes. But you know what's amazing to me? You know what the biggest miracle I think is today? When you see a life changed. Not because somebody's trying a new thing, not because somebody is is giving into this life enhancement. Because they are truly saved and Jesus Christ comes to dwell in them, giving them a new heart and a new mind to understand spiritual things. Things in their life and sin that had ruled them starts to slowly melt away. Some things go right away, some things take time. It's all about God making us more like his son. To me, that is truly a miracle. Church, ask yourself, have you yourself truly been saved? Has God given you a new heart? Could be when you were five. It could be when you were 27 like me. Are you here to become a new creation or are you here for life enhancement then we learn false teachings do not not only lead people back into sin but dulls their senses to the truth of the gospel the worst thing that can happen to somebody is their ears become dull to the truth of the gospel can I just say this this morning if you heard something that was the truth of the Gospel. You should act on that today. Don't wait until next time when you hear it again, and the next time when you hear it again, and try to push it away. God is actually reaching out to you right now, trying to reveal His truth to you. The truth of the Gospel is this. We're all sinners. None of us can escape that. We are hopelessly lost in sin. But when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we repent, which is a fancy word meaning that you go from this direction to now turning to this direction. You go from that sin to wanting Jesus to forgive and heal you of that sin. To putting your faith not in yourself or in life enhancement, putting your faith and trust in His work on the cross his resurrection to defeat sin and death for all eternity. If that is the first time you've heard that this morning, or you heard it again, and, or you, you've just heard it again, but you've ignored it before, don't waste another second because your ears start to become dull to the gospel. And we're reminded of our main point, false teachers know the truth and have rejected it. They twist the truth to manipulate those who are desperate for it. Don't be fooled. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just pray for the salvation of those, Lord, that haven't heard your truth and responded to it. Lord, I pray that if there's anybody within an earshot today and they've heard the truth, Lord, I just pray they would respond. Lord, someone who has never been changed. They've never had their heart changed. And they need your cure. Lord, I pray for all of us, though, to also seek truth and wisdom. It's a constant battle between what we hear in the world or what we hear from false teachers. Lord, give us your truth and wisdom, and that's all we want. Lord, there is hope for the weary and the battered. And your truth is the shelter. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.